field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Um, my guest today is Eric Clark, uh, Marketing Director with Vault Bank. Eric, how are you today? I'm great. How about you? Good. Yeah, I appreciate you coming. I'd like to start with the basics. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you came to work with Vault Bank, and then you know, I want to ask you about Vault Bank itself. Great. Uh, yeah. Well, again, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I am. A, I'm a kind of all over the place with my background. I'm a, a past entrepreneur. I actually just sold a, a, a business in May of this year. Uh, fully transitioned out of that in June, and that was actually a, a, a women's yoga lifestyle brand <laughs> that I had for seven mm-hmm. years. Um, and then before that, I had done a little bit other work in the fashion industry. Uh, and then previously, that I was in solar energy. Uh, where I had a, a solar energy brokering business, uh, and then previous to that, I was in commercial real estate development and finance. Um, so yeah, kind of a, a wide range of of, uh, <laughs> of of tasks that I kind of took on before. Uh, but I was obviously very excited and, and interested in the uh, crypto space, um, and uh, jumped on board with Vault Bank a few months ago, um, and it's been quite a ride since then. Nice. Yeah. All right. So tell listeners about Vault Bank. Uh, what do you guys do, and what's what's your premise? Yeah, so uh, Vault Bank was started about uh, nine months ago by Austin Trombley and Christopher Cummick. Um, they're the yeah, they're the co-founders of this. Um, they Austin comes uh, from a hedge fund. Uh, he runs Random Forest Capital in uh, in San Francisco, um, and Chris comes from um, wealth management. And both of them saw that there was kind of a, a an issue. There were a few issues that they were seeing in crypto. They're both very into it and uh, uh, deeply invested. Um, where they were seeing issues were on the um, legitimacy side with a lot of the a lot of the offerings um, and a lot of them being utility tokens uh, when compared to security tokens, uh, which is a little bit more uh, somewhere that you know people on the finance side kind of can kind of you know sink their teeth into a little bit. Um, right. And then also where they were seeing issues were in um, in on the hedge fund side, actually in the in the, in the more traditional side. Uh, they're seeing that you know there's there's liquidity issues, there's you know long hold periods for uh, investments, um, and also potentially large initial investments. And so what they came here to do is kind of solve a problem on both sides. So they felt that by creating the Vault Bank token, which is a secure asset-backed token, um, basically uh, backed by the Vault Bank company, which is going to be running a Vault Bank fund. Uh, the Vault Bank fund is is Similar to a typical hedge fund, actually uh, generating you know potential strong returns, um, but with liquidity that you get with crypto um, and, mm-hmm. and exchangeability. Uh, and then beyond that, what they really wanted to do is offer a full suite of, of services. Um, so one of those is a debit card, so you can actually link crypto to the debit card and actually 
scan crypto uh, at point of sale terminals all around the world. Um, yeah. That's actually going to start in the European Union and the U.S. And then actually we were very close to closing a, a partnership deal on Asia and uh, Australia and New Zealand, actually. And then after that, we're going to be trying to really hit South America and uh, kind of the remaining portions of the world. And then beyond that, um, I know this is kind of a, <laughs> a long little summary here, but um, beyond that, there's uh, there's a, the Vault Bank Exchange that, that we're uh, in development on, and we're feeling we're about 40 to 50% of the way uh, done with it, actually. Uh, there are going to be a lot of features added on after it's, it's live, but um, the, the main idea of the exchange is actually to offer uh, security tokens, um, and that's that's something that uh, is very rare. Um, you know, we're doing one of the first security token offerings, and we've seen how challenging it is, um, and actually how few exchanges actually want to touch security tokens. Um, so, yeah, the idea here is actually to launch, uh, pr- you know, primarily a, a security token uh, exchange platform, uh, but that also has functions with uh, with utility token tradability. Um, so, yeah, those are the three main lines of all bank. Let's start with the exchange portion. So why, what are you seeing in regards to security versus utility tokens? Everyone seems to be saying that their tokens utility and people are cowering in the corner away from the security token designation. You guys aren't, you know, why and what do you, why do you think this strategy is going to be better? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a, a, a big, big question mark overall in the crypto space is exactly how hard, Regulation is going to be coming. I um, mean, you know, already this week, you know, we've seen two uh, pretty big news stories about uh, Munchie and um, I'm forgetting the other company, uh, but basically SEC coming in and 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 kind of flexing their might. Um, you know, we're 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 assuming that a lot of the utility tokens that really should have been listed as security tokens are going to be uh, somehow reprimanded or or, or, or somehow, you know. Uh, changed in some way by the SEC, but um, you know we wanted to be uh, a few steps ahead of the uh, ahead of the curve um, and kind of do everything right in the most transparent and legitimate way that we felt. Um, it's been you know a long, intense, and complicated uh, you know legal challenge uh, to do that, <clears throat> but we're feeling really confident about where we're at with that. Um, you know, in general, you know most most tokens are utility tokens, and that's what you know most people are used to. Um, the, the security tokens, you know, what's really interesting about them is that, you know, with, with, with our security token, it actually represents a piece of the overall business. And so, you know, with, with people that are used to investing in stocks, um, you know, this, this makes a little bit more sense to them, um, you know, especially the, the people that aren't expert, really, really experienced crypto traders that are, you know, really used to utility tokens. I think, you know, we yeah. feel that our offering is kind of a, a bridge, you know, between, you know, traditional finance and traditional stocks. And uh, and crypto, um, yeah. One, one last thing I should mention is that our the, the each token d- does represent an, an overall equity piece of the Vault Bank business, uh, but each each uh, each token is not a voting share. So that's that's uh, one one oh, one difference okay. between this and, a, and a, a standard stock. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Um, but you said exchanges are hesitant to touch uh, security tokens. I mean, first of all, in your estimation, I know you're not a lawyer and all that stuff, but what are what security tokens are out there right now that seem to be classified as that? And then, you know, I want to talk about why the current exchanges seem to be skittish about uh, dealing with security tokens. Yeah, so in our estimation, there are less than five and ten overall security tokens out there. Um, and, and it's actually pretty hard to find them. You know, we've been 
we've been really like you know scouring the internet to try to <laughs> to try to find them. Well, while you're doing that, um, I, I had thought like you know Bitcoin and um, some of the cryptocurrencies are considered to be commodities. So I would think there's also another flavor there. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it seems like you have security I, I, tokens, utility tokens, and then commodity tokens. Or is that not yeah, really a exactly. separate designation? Yeah, I mean, and they're designated as assets, um, but they're but they're but they don't represent an actual, you know, <clears throat> equity piece um, in in any business. And so, you know, one one kind of tough thing about that is that you know if you're if you're in, you know if you're investing uh, money into a, a utility token where the the business that's behind it does something incredible, you know, builds an incredible product or builds an incredible business. Um, if that business gets sold, uh, all the utility token holders don't get to benefit in that in that company sale. Um, I mean, they, they might have some kind of benefit in that, that you know, likely the token price could pop, um, you know, for for various other reasons. But still, they don't they don't get to reap in the in the rewards of of any kind of you know acquisition or merging um, type of event. Which you know, in the stock market, when any company gets purchased, you know, any major acquisition happens. I mean, you know, I typically see a jump in you know thirty to forty, fifty percent in the stock price, and and you know all the all the stockholders you know really get to benefit in that. So um, you know, with with Vault Bank, if if there ever happened to be something some event like that, everyone gets to gets to benefit you know equally based on their their uh, you know the amount of tokens they have of the overall pot. Okay. And you know, why do you think the exchanges are uh, <clears throat> skittish about listing security tokens? I mean, there's not many. Oh yeah. And you know, right. if an exchange has, I don't know, 300 tokens, and some of them get reclassified as security tokens, what do you think is going to happen? That's a great question. Uh, well, I'll tell you why I think that they're they're skittish in general. Um, there's just more regulation around security tokens, and so if, if they're not doing their KYC and AML verification correctly. Um, that that can cause a problem, um, and also with 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 a lot of these exchanges, you don't actually have to go through really any kind of KYC. And you know, when I say KYC, I know your customer and AML, which is anti money laundering. Um, if they don't go through those the verification on investors, um, then they could potentially you know be having um, investors coming from you know uh, terrorist organizations. I mean, you know, just to throw out <laughs> one potential issue there. When you don't do that process, um, but with security tokens um, and with ours, there's actually a pretty, uh, a, a pretty, I guess you could say, rigorous set of requirements um, for people to be able to invest. And so, um, like with our offering, everyone actually has to be accredited. Uh, and so, what that means for someone in the U.S. is uh, an investor needs to make over $200,000 a year for the last two years, or $300,000 uh, combined with with a spouse. Um, or have a million in, in investable assets, uh, so that doesn't include a main home. And so that that's limiting, of course. Um, but you know, it's it's part of you know us trying to do this in a in a more, I guess you could say, legit way of being able to comply with with SEC regulation as a uh, as a Reg D filing, uh, Reg D 506C filing. Okay, All right, very good. And what what about the exchange that you guys want to create? You wanted to only list security tokens, or Security and utility, so, and and what do you think is going to be yeah. the big use of doing this? So our 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 hope here is, you know, right now it's it's extremely expensive to, and actually very uh, takes a long time to <clears throat> to list funds or or, or securities uh, on the New York Stock Exchange or on Nasdaq, um, and so what we're trying to create here is is kind of an in between 
uh, NASDAQ and, and what you see what you see right now with, with all the exchanges on with crypto. Um, so we want to be able to offer mutual funds the opportunity to be able to list a fund. Um, and so, you know, by, by focusing on security tokens, we feel that, you know, since no one else is really touching it, everyone's a little bit hesitant. Not only are we going to kind of be ahead of the game with where a lot of companies are going to be likely needing to start a list, you know, uh, how they're going to set up their, their ICOs from the type of token. Um, but we're mm-hmm. also feeling that it's going to be a bridge uh, for some of these, you know, major traditional finance firms and funds uh, to be able to, you know, actually play around on the crypto side and actually have more liquidity for their investors. And so the, uh, and since there isn't really anyone focusing on security tokens yet, I kind of feel that this is a good opportunity to kind of jump in. But then the other part of your question about utility tokens, we, we absolutely do plan to have them traded on there. But uh, we wouldn't really be uh, launching them, and so like the, the platform is more going to be for secu- uh, security token launches, and then and also for trading. Um, but then the, some of the major uh, some of the major cryptos will definitely be on there. So definitely Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, um, probably the top ten is what we're thinking early on. And actually, that exchange is going to be linked to our crypto debit card, uh, and so um, basically all all the um, every all the utility tokens that we select to be part of that exchange are also going to be available for people to uh, link to their debit card because as soon as they make a swipe, it's basically going through the exchange with Vault Bank as the buyer of that little piece of that token uh, to then pay the, the vendor. Are you going to act as a fiat gateway to let people put money onto the exchange or just to take it off? Well, I guess you will because to take it off, it's going to go back into fiat, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you got it right. So, yes, yeah, so you will be a fiat gateway as well? Yeah. That's pretty ambitious, but that's great. So yeah, security tokens and fiat good. gateway. No wonder why you guys have your work cut out for you. But that's really yeah, cool. It's, 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 a pretty, it's a pretty massive undertaking. And uh, a lot of people from the beginning, they were like, well, first of all, they're saying there's no way you're going to be able to do a security token. And there's no, there's no way you're going to be able to do a security token like this. And you're not, you're not going to be able to do it with any kind of dividends. And so, you know, it's something I haven't really touched on. And it's something that I always have to preface with. Um, that they can't be guaranteed, but basically based on the, the success of the overall company and really specifically, um, yeah, just how, how the profits um, spit out from all these business lines, um, the idea is to actually you know, pay out dividends to all the security token holders. So, so why, uh, not, um, know, why not voting rights? Why not go full, full bore and make it? Uh... Yeah, you know, that's it's a good question. <laughs> I, I that was something that was decided on at the very beginning. Um, and I, I actually don't know the answer to that question, unfortunately. Okay. I do know that they, that the, the founders and I mean, the, the discussions have been pretty clear that, um, you know, they, they're going to be sending out uh, quarterly, uh, quarterly reports about how the company's doing how, and then everything's going to be getting audited, uh, which is very different than what a lot of these utility tokens um, have. Right. You yeah. really have no idea what's being done with some money. Um, you know, here you're gonna. It's gonna be very clear what's happening behind the scenes, um, and so I, I do know that it, that the investors and you know token holders are very important to the to the company, and and you know with being so transparent, I mean I think that's kind of clear there. Uh, but it might just be something with, um, in general, just the way that the wallets work. Um, it might be hard to to track. I don't know. actually. That's what's hard for me to say. <laughs> Are you going to have, um, you know, a vault feature? You know, like Coinbase has, you can, uh, 
you know, a lot of exchanges keep stuff in hot wallets and cold storage, but, um, you know, Coinbase, at least to me, seems unique. And then they have a vault feature where you can lock funds up for 48 hours until they come out. I mean, any any interesting exchange features you guys are bringing that uh, you want to talk well, about? I definitely do. I, I can tell you this for sure. And the exchange is going to be decentralized. Um, and so there's no, there are going to be no private keys that are stored um, on the exchange, which I think is very important. Um, as a as kind of a comparison to Coinbase. Um, also, you know, one one other big, um, I, I guess you could say, differentiator that we're really going to be focusing on is on uh, is on lower fees. Um, I mean, we obviously don't want to like have a race to the bottom situation, but that that kind of is the direction that this is going. Um, you know, I mean, these 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 trades can be done at fractions of a penny, and so we we just kind of feel that. The, the the fees that, that are being charged by Coinbase and some of these other exchanges is, are kind of exorbitant. Exorbitant, so it doesn't really seem. Um, oh, they're high. Yeah, they're yeah, they charge you not only a fee in the transaction, but their spot price is you know magically way less favorable <laughs> than normal. Yeah, and the withdrawal fees. I mean, yeah, everything is everything is high. Um, and so the idea here yeah. is compete on fees, um, compete on uh, you know the types of tokens, uh, and then also. Uh, compete on customer service because obviously that's a another major issue. Um, you know, I mean that that might get you know fixed <laughs> over time with Coinbase. I know I actually just heard yesterday that they have something like 80 uh, job openings available because uh, they're just growing that fast and they can't keep up with the demand. Um, but right. yeah, I mean that's that's definitely something that we want to be. You know, we we just kind of feel that overall the, the options aren't aren't ideal <laughs> at this point. Uh, and so we definitely want to come in and, and you know, really be a major competitor in this space. So you're not going to uh, use a troll box for uh, customer service or make them go <laughs> through a chat service and not even allow them to email you or try to make them go through, like, I don't know, Twitter to get customer service? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that That's a crazy surprising. thought, huh? <laughs> yeah, Maybe you even have a phone number. I mean, you know, we'll really go crazy. <laughs> Who knows? You know? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely one of the one of the you know, parts of the list is actually have a, you know, have a person to talk to and um, and all that, you know. So it's it's a uh, you know it, it's it'll be interesting when it really comes down to it on the number side to be able to offer it as, as low as possible on the cost side, as you know, lowest fees possible when it's offering great customer service. But whenever that point is, that's that's where we're gonna hit. All right, well that's that's great. And then um, yeah. <laughs> just a couple minutes about the. I don't know if we can call it a hedge fund, but the hedge fund aspect, the investment angle, what's that? Yeah. What's that look like? What does that program look like? Yeah. So the, uh, the hedge fund that we're partnered with is is Random Force Capital, uh, and so they're they're two years in right now, and they're showing. Um, uh, I think they're they're sixteen and a half percent on on their last uh, twelve months um, as a, on on their portfolio uh, net of fees, um, and so they're they're doing. They're doing really well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say, especially when you compare it to to other secure asset uh, type hedge funds. Uh, they really focus mm-hmm. on, um, you know, real, mainly real estate loans um, and, and everything kind of in that same arena. Uh, and so that's 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 where most of the money is going to be pumped into um, is is a fund that's being co-managed by them. Uh, depending on the the amount of funds that are raised during the ICO. Anywhere from it's somewhere between 80 and 85 percent is going to be directly put into the vault bank fund. Um, yeah, it's going to be focused on those same types of assets. And what Renaissance Capital does, part of the reason that they're so successful is that they have a really, really great 
um, AI and machine learning component of their business. And so Austin Trombley, who's our, our CTO and founder, um, he's also the co-founder of Random Forest, and he has this great background from working at Prosper and Wells Fargo, um, and really on the tech side, and he's the one that built out that AI. Um, so what, what he has basically done is that the, the programs look at uh, 300 data points when it, compared to only about 100 data points that, that other technology uh, does for, for, looking at, um, for looking at real estate loans and these portfolios. And so what they're able to do is they're able to cherry pick all the loans that, that their 300 points of data points who are better and will perform better. And so that actually has been a major factor in, in how well they're doing. But the thing is, if you want to invest in a hedge fund, you're going to be, you know, throwing in potentially 100,000, 500,000 minimum, and then being locked up for three, five, ten years. You know, but when you invest in an ICO like this, you can basically, in a sense, be investing in, in, in a significant portion of a hedge fund, uh, but then having the ability to trade in and out of it. And so that's, or, or spend a little portion of it. And so that's kind of a, a big part of this is, you know, really trying to almost blur the lines between your your assets that are liquid and e-liquid. You know, typically you put money in a hedge fund, you're thinking, okay, that's not liquid. But now you can actually spend it and trade it. <laughs> uh, the, only, the only one little piece I have to mention is that, for, again, for, for U.S. investors, um, there's a one-year lockup period uh, on any investment. And so, so, when, I, so when, I, when I mention liquid, um, for U.S. investors specifically, there, there is a, there's a one-year lockup, which, which does create e-liquidity for that first year, um, but it's not the, the way it actually works for, for other areas of the world. Well, the nice thing about that uh, is that, you know, with crypto's current taxation model in the U.S., um, then the people yeah. would, by default, have long-term capital gains instead of short-term, so it would help exactly. them in, in that way. You know? that, that would definitely help them. And, and also, on, on our end, you know, one thing that we're very focused on is, uh, I mean, post-ICO is, is, is uh, you know, getting the tokens to appreciate, uh, and to really hold their value, uh, you know, one of our, our big selling points we feel is that because these are asset-backed tokens, um, that they're going to have more stability than your typical cryptocurrency. Um, you know, since there's a, a like what I like to call there's there's basically like a, a floor of you know what's behind it, you know. So your your worst case scenario, you know, there's there's something to sell there. <laughs> uh, utility tokens, there's not. You know, I mean, you can hear on a you know, I'm sure you've heard the stories of these, these uh, market caps that are in the you know over 10 million, and all of a sudden, a few months later, they're at 300 dollars. <laughs> you know, on utility tokens, that's not the that's not really going to be the case with uh, with security token offerings, since the, since you actually have a portion of something, unless the company just has no assets whatsoever. <laughs> but yeah. you know, if if they're doing something like what we're doing, um, you know, a big chunk of the of the portfolio, a big chunk of the company is this portfolio that actually. Has assets, a real, real credit asset. Okay. Well, very good. What's what's the best way for um, people to find out more about your initiatives? You know, and if they're accredited in the U.S., participate in the ICO. I mean, what's the best way for them to get in contact with the company? Well, thank you very much for asking. Um, so our, our website is vaultbank.io, uh, and so that's the the place to get a white paper, a PPM, uh, and just all the all the you know more detailed info about the project. Um, also on there, we have an intercom channel link. Um, so they can go on there and ask us any questions. And also, I'd also love to mention to, to go to our Telegram chat because we actually have our founders on there. We have our whole team on there answering questions directly. 
Um, so that's a great way to, you know, get any question answered. Um, and so the, the pre-sale actually just opened up on Wednesday. Uh, right now we're, we're offering a 15% bonus uh, to all investors um, that are accredited again. Um, it, it, for U.S. investors, um, yeah, again, it's the 200000 Well, you know, accredited investors typically know what, what they need to hit. Um, but, yeah, so it, it is open to accredited investors only, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, any, any sure. additional questions about that, definitely, definitely contact us. Or if any of your listeners would like to email me directly, um, I'm Eric uh, Clark at vaultbank.io. Uh, vault so it's eric.clark at vaultbank.io, uh, Clark with an E at the end. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm open for any direct questions. Well, great, well, Eric. Thanks so much for coming on the call. I really appreciate it. And looks like you guys are bold and ambitious and doing really great things in the future. So I really, really appreciate that and, and really appreciate you taking the time to interview me. So, yeah, thanks, thanks very much. And, uh, hope that your listeners find some value here and, and look to uh, be a part of it. Yeah, definitely. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 